Hello, I'm Eddie French, and you might recognise me from such icy news noises as... <coughs> Daddy! And who could forget... <coughs> well, the good news is, is that I now have my own podcast. It's called Pick Scraped, and it is a fortnightly sketch show uh, made entirely by me. So if that sounds like the sort of thing you'd like, go to wherever you get your podcasts and listen to it. Thank you. Pick Scraped. You're listening to IC News, the only network bringing you the stories from across the multiverse. China tells the US to remain cool-headed with regard to its suspected spy balloon over American airspace. The Chinese insist the object is a harmless weather-testing device. And it is. It's testing whether or not the Americans will shoot it down. Rishi Sunak insists he acted swiftly in moving to sack Nadim Zahawi over his tax affairs. If you define swiftly as hiding in a lead-lined box with your fingers in your ears, shouting la-la-la-la-la, I can't hear you at the press for four months. Half a million British workers, including teachers and Ofsted inspectors, walk out in one of the biggest days of strike action for a decade, as the NEU tells the government that it's their own time they're wasting. And finally, Boris Johnson makes Nadine Dorries year by appearing on her talk TV show and finally letting her give him the easy ride she's been begging for for three years. Hello and welcome. I'm Sam Gore and you're listening to the final episode of Season 9 of IC News. We've spent the last 12 weeks carefully cataloguing the biggest stories from across the multiverse just for you and this week is no different. In our quest to bring you a unique perspective on the news happening right here on Earth Prime, our correspondents have got access to all of the most confusing parallel universes reality has to offer. Even the ones where Dominic Raab is considered a fun boss, or the one where Mason Greenwood is a celebrated feminist. We start today, though, as we often do, with the question of sleaze within the Tory party. Despite promising a hard reset on a conservative establishment that has spent the last few years mired in scandal and controversy, Rishi Sunak has so far failed to get a convincing handle on the errant and embarrassing behaviour of his own ministers. Last week, after subjecting Nadim Zahawi to the sort of torturous edging you'd normally have to head to a very specific corner of Pornhub to find, the Prime Minister finally jacked, sorry, sacked him off as chair of the Tory party. This was after the investigation Sunak had ordered found that Zahawi had, in fact, been precisely as dishonest about the HMRC investigation into his tax affairs as the press have been insisting for weeks. Sunak's defence for the seemingly needless delay is that he's a man of principle who follows due process. Unless, of course, due process and the principles in question are our existing protest laws, or human rights laws, or laws on workplace rights. Those principles, and those processes, apparently, you can just change when they become inconvenient. At this point, it's really less a question of just how prevalent the corruption is, and more about just how much fire we're going to need when burning the corpse of the entire Conservative establishment. On the line today to discuss the Tory party's apparent problem with endemic sleaze, it's our Conservative correspondent, Sebastian Forlock. Hello, Sam. Can you hear me? I fear there might not be the strongest signal down here. Hello? 
I can hear you just fine, Sebastian, although I am picking up some odd interference. Oh, really? What does it sound like? Well, splashing and sloshing, really. It almost sounds like you're in the bath. (laughs) Does it now? How peculiar. I can assure you I'm not. That's all right. It's nothing we can't work around, I guess. Ah, the Prime Minister's hiring mantra. How appropriate. Yeah, let's talk about that. How's the integrity, accountability and professionalism of Sunak's cabinet working out for him? Oh, Sam. You're clearly trying to goad me. But I assure you it won't work. I'm in my happy place and feeling really rather relaxed about all this. Thankfully, that languid repose is precisely the stance with which our glorious Prime Minister chooses to handle the fermented outrage of the lefty press. He'll not be rushed to judgment. Mr. Sunak is a man of principle who believes in true justice and due process. That'll be the same due process that found Nadim Zahawi guilty of a serious breach of the ministerial code last week. Indeed, Sam. A subtle but important piece of goalpost shifting, I think we can all agree. <laughs> Clearly, it's now just serious breaches of the code that will see you promptly ejected from Mr Sunak's inner circle. <laughs> Speaking of which, bear with me, dear boy. Oh, yes, Daddy. Keep it coming. Sebastian's a little brown submarine. A little brown submarine. (laughs) Let's talk about Dominic Raab, then. We're now looking at 24 people who have come forward with complaints about his conduct, and the allegations of bullying against him have been common knowledge for months. It's extraordinary that Raab hasn't been suspended pending the outcome of his own investigation, isn't it? Really, Sam? Joining that tedious little chorus, are we? I have to say, it's rather ironic. In what way? Well, given precisely why Dominic Raab is so hated by his critics, it's really quite amusing to hear them now insist that he should be considered guilty until proven innocent. (laughs) Isn't the whole lefty argument against his desire to tear up European law and the Human Rights Act centred around workers' rights? Don't they see the hypocrisy? Actually, I think anyone else in the country with 24 separate HR complaints lined up against them would probably expect to find themselves suspended. Well, clearly none of those people are as robust as Dominic Raab. He simply has high expectations, that's all. Of what, exactly? As Justice Secretary the first time round, he oversaw a massive barrister's strike that ground an already creaking legal system to a total standstill. Exactly! He's a real perfectionist at being shit at everything, and it's clearly a skill Rishi Sunak values very highly. And from on high comes my bounty. Yes, here we go! Show me, Daddy! That's a rich batch, even for my blood. My eyes are stinging. 
So let me ask you this, Sebastian. Clearly, Sunak's cabinet, upon becoming Prime Minister, had to couple together the disparate factions of the Conservative Party after Liz Truss plunged them into crisis. Since then, we've had scandals from at least four of his picks. Williamson, Braverman, Zahawi and now Raab. Is it simply a question of terrible judgement that Sunak has appointed such shoddy candidates? Or does he have so little authority that he's been forced to hold on to some entirely compromised political deadweights just to appease the backbenchers that support them? It's fair or reasonable to suggest this cabinet are of anything but the finest caliber, Sam. And yet, Rishi Sunak made Zahawi the party chair despite his tax affairs being questioned in the papers. And he reappointed Dominic Raab despite his behaviour being widely reported too. I think the Prime Minister has made it perfectly clear he doesn't recognise the characterization of Mr. Raab that these civil servants are claiming. Well, isn't that the problem? Sunak doesn't recognise blatant misconduct even when it's laid bare in front of him. In fact, in Suella Braverman's case, he actively rewards it by reappointing her to his cabinet mere days after she's lost her job for multiple breaches of the ministerial code. Ah, but not serious multiple breaches of the ministerial code. Goalposts, Sam. Remember? I'm just not sure that's going to wash with the public, Sebastian. Oh, please. Since when have we Tories ever given a fig how anything washes with the plebs? Speaking of which, here we go again. <laughs> I'm the king of the world. <laughs> oh, God, Daddy. It's too much. I can't take it. I want out. <laughs> I want Jesus Christ, Sebastian, where the hell are you? My spa getaway dimension, Sam. Normally it's... My favourite place in the multiverse. But today, Christ, it's too much. Yeah, I'm just looking at the sign-out sheet. Earth Tango Splashback Cleveland Steamer 84. I'm not familiar with it. It's a... It's a backwater dimension, Sam. Quite, quite literally. The whole dimension is one big septic tank. And here, every political scandal in our own universe is manifested as literal sleaze and bullshit. Normally, it's a lovely place for a pervert to swim and relax, but today... What's going on over there? Hang on, I'll just check Reuters. Oh, look, another six civil servants have come forward to speak out against Raab. And Sunak is still insisting he never heard anything about it. Oh, God. Here it comes again. It just never ends, Sam. Not for another 18 months or so, no. I'm Sebastian Borlock, reporting for...
We now move on from ministers who really shouldn't be working to teachers who are refusing to. After the NEU's talks with Education Secretary Gillian Keegan failed to produce any results at the start of the week, Wednesday saw the single largest day of strike action in the UK for a decade, with half a million British workers walking out and thousands of people marching in protest across the country. At the heart of the current teachers' pay dispute is the same argument nurses and NHS staff are making, that years of real-term pay cuts have made it impossible to recruit new staff, in this case teachers and classroom assistants. The NEU are also asking that the government fund the pay rises that were last year pushed onto already struggling school budgets, but good luck hearing about that from any government minister. Here with her own unique perspective on the teachers' strikes, it's our anti-woke correspondent Cruella Hunt. All right, settle down. Shut up. Cruella's talking. Ah, the classroom. It brings back memories, doesn't it? The squeak of chalk, the twang of a ruler, the sobbing of the weak. A classroom is the forge in which the ore of youth can be melted down and moulded. It's where young minds are either hammered into shape or warped and made weak and brittle. It's the birthplace of our relationship with authority and conformity. It's the arena where discipline and common sense used to rule supreme but has now been taken over by wet, soft, moaning crybabies with their critical race theory and drag queen story hours. I'm talking, of course, about teachers in 2023. What a fucking sight it was this week. Thousands of them, downing whiteboard markers and abandoning the nation's children. Even after the free holiday they all got during the pandemic. Oh, you had to plan and deliver an entire online curriculum at a time of massive national anxiety, did you? Oh, and you were actually in school the vast majority of the time as well. Still teaching the children of key workers, were you? Oh, it was actually far more work than your regular job, was it? Bollocks. I distinctly remember seeing kids at the shop once during the pandemic. And that's all the evidence I need to dismiss the claimed experience of anyone who actually works in a school. And it should be enough for you too. Teachers. Work shy bastards the lot of them. If it were up to me... I'd take their socialist little heads and clap them together as if they were a pair of blackboard dusters. Nothing would give me greater pleasure than to knock a bit of common sense into the brains of this pathetic generation of educators. It's an embarrassment, I tell you. The woke mob have well and truly infiltrated our education system, spreading their Marxist poison and the toxic fantasy of reasonable wages. The greed of these people, jumping on this great bandwagon of strike action. As if the raise they got last year wasn't more than anyone in the private sector could hope for. Oh look out, here they come again, whining in their saddest little indoor voices. 
where I think you'll find that last year's pay rise actually did nothing to rebalance a decade of real terms pay cuts. Starting salaries for teachers have actually dropped at least 5% in the last year alone by that metric. We can all do sums, dickheads. I hate to break it to you, but you're not that special. And maths isn't actually that hard. In fact, here's an exam question for you. Tim and Suzanne are hard-working taxpayers. Take away their free babysitting service for the day, and what have you got? The answer is two new Tory voters, and it serves you fucking right. Honestly, when are these miserable public sector workers going to develop a little patriotic backbone and say thank you for what they've got. It's all just me, me, me with these teachers. Me, my wages, my budget, my demand that my kids in my classroom aren't taking the hit from my pay rise not being funded by my government. Selfish, selfish, selfish. Don't these people understand that forcing schools to take on extra fiscal burden is the only thing keeping Nadim Zahawi's tax bill down? Sorry, inflation. I mean the only thing keeping inflation down. It doesn't matter what feeble argument these unions put forward. I disagree with all of them. And like the government, anything I disagree with is woke. So the nation's cringing, crying, craven teachers are just going to have to forgive me if I don't feel like offering them my solidarity. After all, isn't that what we're teaching now? That everyone's feelings are far more important than the facts. Well, newsflash kids, they fucking aren't. You can put a rainbow banner on your profile pic and twerk on TikTok all you like, but what changes the world is power. Real power. And do you know what real power is? Real power is the fist that grabs a handful of your hair and shoves your head into the toilet. Real power is the boot on your throat. And none of you, not the teachers, not the nurses, or the railway workers, or postmen, or caterers, or cleaners, or porters, or Ofsted inspectors, or civil servants, or bin men, or or any of you will ever change the world while people like me and this government have still got boots and the will to stand over you. Okay, year two. Um, say thank you to Oliver's mother for her uh, passionate show and tell today. She's not my mum. I've never seen her before in my life. What? Well, who are you then exactly? I'm Cruella Hunt. And someone's got to bring a few hard truths back to the classroom. Reporting for IC News. Oh, and Oliver, your mum's a snowflake and a pussy, and she's unconscious in the car park. What? Mummy? Oh, grow up and tell her to take a little personal responsibility. I taught myself how to break out of a sleeper hold back in year nine.
It's not just the teacher's strikes or the behaviour of his own cabinet that's currently troubling our Prime Minister. He's also facing the ghosts of his predecessors, like a sort of shit Ebenezer Scrooge, if the Marleys were both still alive and constantly doing media interviews that undermined him. Today, Liz Truss has emerged from underneath the rubble of the economy she blew up to try and make the case for tax cuts in the Sunday Telegraph. And Boris Johnson, well... Boris Johnson just doesn't go away, whether he's blustering his way through a pitiable talk TV interview with Nadine Dorries that looks like an awkward Tinder date in an Ikea, or popping up in the headlines over yet another Cash for Favours scandal. This week, though, he stole the column inches for another reason, as he spectacularly claimed that Putin had outright threatened him with assassination during a phone call in the run-up to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It was a claim that the Kremlin promptly and flatly denied ever happened, making it outright impossible to determine just who was telling the truth. Boris claimed it really happened, meaning it's almost certainly a lie. But the Kremlin denied it really happened, meaning it's almost certainly true. This is what happens when a non-credible source meets an implausible object. Leave it to us here at IC News, then, to reveal the truth of the matter with yet more leaked audio from Boris Johnson's tenure at number 10. This time we bring you an exclusive recording of the calling question. Lukey, here we go. Time to get your big boy pants on, Alexander. This is your Churchill moment. Your chance to submit your legacy in the history books. Username. Oh, balls. Where's my bloody username? Um, Boris at gov.uk. Yes. And the password is... Oh, cripes, what was it? Is it the same as my online banking? Let's try. Floriot Etona. Nope. Winston 1942. Nope. It's not that either. Um, hmm. Oh, I know. Boobies 69. Ah, excellent. Got it. Let's have a look then. <laughs> there you are, Vlad, old boy, already waiting in the lobby for me to start the call. What a rookie mistake, surrendering ground to me so early on. The first man into the room is always on the back foot, left waiting for the Alpha. That's Statecraft 101. In fact, I think I'll let you stew a moment or two longer. <laughs> oh, this is going to be so easy. Boris the buffoon is just for the cameras. Old Putin is about to see the steel at the heart of this great British lion. Here we go. <coughs> President Putin, I am sorry to have kept you waiting for so long. I had some important... Thank you for joining us so early, Prime Minister. President Putin regrets to inform you he will be slightly delayed. No reason, he just will. Ah, I see. Um... Who are you, then? I shall be acting as the President's translator in these talks. Right. Well, um, I can't wait for too long, you know. I'm a very busy and important man. Of course you are. And very busy and important men often need to point such things out. Hmm. Ah, here he comes now. President Putin says he is sorry to have kept you waiting for so long. He had some important matters to take care of. I'm sure he did. Preparations, maybe? Perhaps a few military orders? Mm -hmm. President Putin is not sure what it is you say, Prime Minister. 
Oh, come on now, Vlad. The whole world is watching, and we all know you're planning to invade Ukraine. And I'm telling you now, I fully intend on fucking up a lot of stuff over the next three years, but there's a slim to vanishing chance I might actually do the odd thing right in opposing that sort of thing. Particularly if acting the strongman serves as a convenient distraction for the occasional scandal. President Putin says your accusation wounds him, Prime Minister. The Russian military only ever moves in defense of the motherland's borders, and we will not tolerate NATO missiles next to our land. We have been crystal clear on this. Yes, well, the problem with that is your borders keep moving, don't they? President Putin says this is matter of perspective. Well, you could tell President Putin, in the strongest possible terms, that I demand he de-escalate and step back from military action immediately. President Putin says to open the online banking account for the Conservative Party. Now why would I do that? Just humor him, please. Oh, for goodness sake, fine. Thankfully, I've got the password saved for that one. <laughs> it's handy when you need to dip into it for the occasional dinner. Right, there. What am I looking at? President Putin would like you to demand he step back from military action immediately again. Heh! <laughs> well, gladly! I'm more than happy to repeat myself. I demand he de-escalate and step back from this invasion immediately. Oh my, that's a uh, rather a large campaign donation. Okay, uh, well, I, uh, uh, that is, I, uh, I respectfully request that he step back from this invasion. I ask very nicely that he step back from this invasion. Crikey, that'll buy a lot of Bollinger. You see now how this situation is delicate. Clearly. But, but I warn you, Vladimir, I'm, I'm not going to be cowed on this. Mainly because I keep getting in trouble and saber-rattling is about all I'm actually good at. I warn you, NATO stands ready to defend its borders. But we do not pose a direct threat to Russia. Ukraine isn't joining the alliance anytime soon. This is madness. President Putin says you say anytime soon. He asks what this means. Well, it means Ukraine won't be joining NATO in the foreseeable future. President Putin says he does not want to hurt you, Boris. That's a relief. But I wasn't planning on touching any door handles near a cathedral anytime soon anyway. But he also says it would be easy. One missile is all it would take. Wowzers! That's quite the soundbite, isn't it? <laughs> Mind if I jot that one down? It'll be a cracker for stealing a few headlines if the press ever figure out how I stitched up Richard Sharp's appointment to the BBC. The Kremlin will deny all knowledge any such thing was ever said. <laughs> yeah, right. And I never lied about Partygate. If that is all, Prime Minister, President Putin has other pressing engagement. Now, hang on a minute. I don't think you ever actually said you wouldn't invade Ukraine. Balls. He's gone. 
Well, <laughs> I think that went rather well. That bombshell audio brings us to the end of our broadcast, and with it, the end of Season 9 of ICE News. We'll be back the same time next week with the best bits of the last four episodes of this series, but until then, we leave you now with the headlines you may have missed. There is outrage as it is revealed that British Gas have been breaking into the homes of vulnerable customers to force-fit prepayment meters, as the energy giants graduate from highway robbery to home invasion burglaries. Polling finds that the cost of living crisis means one in five people in the UK are now eating food that is past its use-by date, while just under one in three now say they will continue to vote for politicians who are long past theirs. Reform UK's Richard Tice says his party will move to end foreign ownership of British utilities, unless of course the utility in question is right-wing populist politicians and the foreigners speak Russian. And finally, scientists say they have found a way to fix the energy crisis by harnessing the nuclear fury released by Mumsnet every time Sam Smith releases a new music video. You've been listening to IC News. Thank you and goodbye. me, Danny Sutcliffe. I'm here today with a right bargain for you. And no, it's not just the mystery me I've got in the back of my van. Although that is also primo stuff, so meet me behind odd bins and flash your full beams if you're interested. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, we've got a special offer for you. Sign up now as one of our early bird supporters and you can get access to all of our exclusive content for just £2 a month. If you want bonus podcast sketches, compilation episodes and ICU stories, this is the cheapest you're ever going to get them. You've got to be quick though, this deal is limited to the first 500 patrons and they'll get snapped up quick. It's the best way to show your support for the show and you'll be helping us to grow moving forwards. As always, thank you for all of your support and we hope you enjoy the show. And no, it's not badger me. And if Brian May tries to tell you otherwise, he's a fucking liar. <laughs>